Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jackie Hagans. I hope you had a wonderful week and are excited to dive into this week's episode. For me, this is more than a podcast. It is a chance for me to reach out to listeners who are eager to join me in a discussion guided by God's Word on the issues and events shaping the country today. Whether you are new to God's Word or a lifelong Christian, together we will discuss how faith and government can commingle and ally themselves in the campaign against the chaos engulfing our country. This is Truth and Consequences. Let's get started. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8 I remember a time when I heard this verse, or at least I heard the words of this verse. It was in a movie. It was a tear-jerking movie, one of my favorites, that I am sure many of you have seen. It came out in 2002, A Walk to Remember. It was about a young high school couple. She was a very strong, modest Christian girl, and he was a wild but smart high school boy, and they fell in love. She was very sick, and one day he was reading aloud to her the beginning of this verse. At the time, I thought, wow, what beautiful words. I had heard them before, but didn't really know from exactly where. It was a fleeting thought for me in the moment of the movie. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. She was saying the words along with him. It was a very touching moment. So, when you think about the word love, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Romance, couples, Valentine's Day, hearts, happiness, sadness, hurt, all kinds of different emotions, emotional words, relationships, right? Because when you think about love, you kind of automatically think about two people. We have talked about love on Truth and Consequences before in different ways. What I want to talk about now is that expectation of love that we are to have for people, just everyday people. Some that we know, some that we do not know, some that we do know and do not care for. And then there are those that we know that we do not like at all, that may even land in the enemy column. This inhumanistic love that so many verses in the Bible tell us that we are commanded to love. Let's look at just a few of these verses, such as the second most important commandment that Jesus says, Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, verse 39. And then, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that they may be sons of your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, verses 44 through 45. And then there's this one that I've quoted many times. 
from John 13, verse 34, verse 35, and is on the horizontal pole of the disciples' cross. When Jesus tells his disciples, after he has washed their feet, predicts his betrayal, and predicts Peter's denial, he tells them, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Hmm. So where is all of this leading? Well, in a culmination of daily devotionals, reading the Word, and some Bible study materials, God has brought this message to be the topic of our discussion so that you and I can get clarity and better understanding of love so that we may go out and share his word with others. So what is this love that Jesus is talking about here and throughout scripture? It is not the relationship mushy kind of love that we so quickly jump to when hearing the verse, love one another, love your enemies. We all know that we have some kind of special God. So let me tell you how we went on this journey. Everyone has their own way of, that they begin their day. And as we talked on the episode, the discussion with Ron and Margaret, I begin my day reading a devotional or a couple of devotionals. Well, one of them comes from Sarah Young's Jesus Calling. This is a very popular daily devotional. I believe, at least it is for me, the reason for its popularity is the way in which it is written. This book is written from Jesus' point of view, as if he is talking to you. So it is very personal. It becomes a conversation, if you will, between you and Jesus, along with Scripture. So a few days ago, during my morning devotional time, that is when this little love journey began for me. I would like to share a few words with you from that day's message. Now, remembering that this was like a conversation between Jesus and me. Quote, Seek to live in my love, which covers a multitude of sins, both yours and others. Wear my love like a cloak of light, covering you from head to toe. Look at other people through lenses of love. See them from my perspective. This is how you walk in the light, and it pleases me. I want my body of believers to be radiant with the light of my presence. How I grieve when pockets of darkness increasingly dim the love light. Gaze at me in the splendor of holiness, and my love will once again envelop you in light. Sarah Young, Jesus Calling, June 9th. Wow, did that message send me into a spiral that has continued throughout the week. I was caught in a somewhat of a conversation. I was saying, why don't I have that love all the time? Where is that love? That was our conversation, mine and the Lord's, all during the week. So what did God do? But he led me to different areas. For one thing, he says, we don't have that kind of love. We find that love through the Holy Spirit. This is spiritual love. When Jesus says to love, we are to love like Jesus loved. Jesus showed love as an action, not a feeling or an emotion. And we need to love with patience and kindness and gentleness. 
without an envy or boasting and certainly not dishonoring people or embarrassing them. So we never show love with a self-seeking or selfish reasons. Only when we genuinely want to help out the situation, whatever it might be. And we, we should never keep track of anyone's wrongdoings. And why is that? Because we are all sinners. So we have our own wrongs. And we do not know the, the hearts of others. So we need to protect and trust and hope and love and rejoice in the truth. So this is not an easy task for us as human beings. And God knows this, and hence his patience and mercy and grace for us. Our human nature is a selfish one. This is why it is only through the Holy Spirit that we are able to show this spiritual love. So it takes me back to what Jesus was saying on that day when he said, look at others and see them from my perspective. So how can we see people from his perspective without having the Holy Spirit to help us see them? So God wasn't done because he takes me and reminds me of Elijah, which we had just completed that study. So in Elijah, he was in a cave feeling defeated and unworthy because his plan did not work out the way he had planned. His pride of thinking he was going to be better, more successful than his predecessors, left him defeated and hiding from God. And God, of course, found him and asked, Elijah, what are you doing here? Of course, God knew because he knows all and loves us. And he still had a plan and a purpose for Elijah. Then in a new study, there is Jonah, a hot-headed, strong-willed prophet that disobeys and runs from God, gets swallowed by a huge fish, and repents. He is forgiven and given a second chance by God. But even then, Jonah is very angry at God for not bringing judgment on a group of people in a city. Now, stop for a minute. Who does that sound like? Think, we are all Jonahs. But it didn't stop here. God then took me to Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus before the crucifixion, the one no one likes. You never hear a kind word about Judas. Why? Why would God take me to Judas? Well, Judas had a job. His job was to make sure scripture was fulfilled. Judas asked Jesus, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? In John 13, verses 26 through 27, says, Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said, What you are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. He had to fulfill scripture. He had a job. How many people do we know, do you know, that has betrayed Jesus today? Yet, following that, Jesus told his disciples, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And in verse 35, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Making note here, 
that verse 34 is the command, but verse 35 is the reason, because we are his disciples. And isn't that what we all want to be? Isn't that the desire of your heart? I know it is mine. It is my desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Okay, it's been a minute, as some people say, and a whole lot has been going on in this country since we last came together. So let's begin with something simple. Voter ID. Why is voter ID discriminatory? We have to show our ID at just about every turn in the real world. So why, when it comes to voting, is it so discriminatory? Seriously, that's a question that needs an answer. I can name off the top of my head at least 20 places, situations, where you have to show your picture ID before you can do something such as getting through the airport, buying liquor, cigarettes, getting into movies, renting a car, or renting anything for that matter, registering for school. Really and truly, I cannot think of anything of importance that you do not have to show an ID before doing. Well, anything that is legal, that is. So back to my question, why? Why would anyone have a problem with having to show their ID to vote? Or is it them that is having that problem? Or is it really a corrupt political party that is after illegal votes? Hmm. First, let's make something very clear. Voting in an election is a right and a privilege given to each American citizen of legal age in this great country, the United States of America. Anyone, especially those in our government, to believe that voting is not a privilege and a right for an American citizen only are not following the Constitution, the law of our land. The only way to protect the election process is to protect the rights of the voters and to make sure that the voting process is a legal one, period. This corrupt Democrat party is doing everything in its power to make sure that the opposite is being done. They have opened our southern borders and allowed an influx of illegal immigrants to overflow into this country at numbers we have never seen before. I watched newscast the other evening that said that what they are doing is taking carloads, busloads of illegal people to purple states, light blue states, so that they can prepare for them to vote in the next election. This reinforces the claim that this evilness does not care about these people or the states for that matter, only about power through the votes they can get using them. Jeremiah 9 verse 6 says, You live in the midst of deception. In their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Let us also not forget about the two amnesty bills that they have on the floor in the Senate to be voted on at this time, H.R. 6 and H.R. 1603. 
If you have not called your representatives regarding these two bills to oppose them, please do so. Psalm 36 verse 3 says, The words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. Camilla Stelter says, Vote no to these amnesty bills, H.R. 6 and H.R. 1603. Democrat Party are like thieves in the night. They work only at night to pass laws. Do they really think the real American citizens who are the right do not know what the left are pulling? As I always do, I go back to the basic questions. Who benefits from no voter ID requirements? What is the motive? It could only be for one reason and one reason only, to make room for cheating and corruption, which results in them, Democrat Party, maintaining power. Another topic that I found to be just jaw-dropping has to do with education. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Psalm 127 verse 3. Children need nurture and guidance. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22 verse 6. Let me begin by saying how thankful I am that it is summer and parents have a chance to research and investigate exactly what is going to be taught in the school that is educating their child or children. There are a couple of things regarding education that are worth discussing. First is the Critical Race Theory Program. Critical Race Theory is a program that is destined to bring racism into the classroom and therefore into the school, spilling over into the community. I read an article about that being the case in a community in Virginia, where a program such as this, which has already been in effect, has gotten to the point where some people, due to fear, are having to move their families to a completely different city and or state. Some will argue that racism already exists. I would argue, if that is the case, this will make it much worse. Parents, you have this summer. Learn, investigate, and pay attention. Do not be complacent about your children and their education. Their school and its environment has a huge influence on them. You should have more. Pray about this. Do we really want more division? Or do we want unity touching our children? God shows no favoritism. We are all equal in His eyes. Isn't that the way our children should be looking at each other? Colossians 3 verse 25 says, If you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Remembering that it is God who passes judgment. As said in Romans 2, verse 1, You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. This program seems to be accepted 
or not into state education curriculum based upon party lines, meaning the blue states, those run by Democrats, have accepted this program as part of their curriculum. The red states have banned this program from their curriculum. I am not sure that any of this is written in stone, so parents have this summer to research, investigate, and make their voices known. This is another example of how important it is for parents to pay attention to what, who, and how their children are being taught. The school has your child eight hours a day, five days a week. You do have a choice. Make your voice known. Stand up and be heard. Get involved. And remember, elections have consequences. All elections. The second education matter was in a well-to-do New York private school, the Dalton School, that costs parents well over $50,000 a year for their child to attend. It seems that a health and wellness teacher decided to show first graders, that's six and seven-year-olds, a sex education video series called AMAZE. Now, AMAZE is in all capital letters, meaning it's an acronym standing for something, which I have no idea. I am sure you may have heard about this already. Hannity had it on a section of his show about this and actually showed part of one of the videos on masturbation. I was shocked and appalled. It was ridiculous, and it kind of made me sick to think that they felt they had the right to take it upon themselves without parent knowledge or consent and expose innocent children to something like this. If I were a parent at that school, I would pull my child and find a lawyer. I want to take you back in time for a minute, so bear with me. When I was growing up, I could not wait for Saturday morning cartoons. Oh my gosh, that was like the best time ever. I think I woke up around 7 in the morning, if not earlier, just to watch cartoons. I loved it. It was a special time for me. So fast forward to my children. I was looking forward to them watching cartoons and enjoying them like I did, right? Well, things changed a little bit by then. Uh, We had blockbuster movies, Disney movies, shows, etc. Movies you could rent. Entertainment was different. People called that progress. So looking back, there was one show that pops into my head, and now I believe that may have set the stage to change animation TV, and that would be The Rugrats. Now, it was a cute little show, but it was also a show that was pretty realistic, but it was a real family animation. And from there, it was like, if you could give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. It brings us to today, and we find ourselves here with Amaze. Sex education, animation, and bright colors with children on a playground with a bright yellow duck discussing masturbation with a group of six- and seven-year-olds at school. You know, we have turned a blind eye to just about anything that is animated. We tend to think, oh, well, it's just a cartoon. Well, we need to think again. These bright, colorful cartoons are like candy, 
and our children are glued to them like flies to honey or bees to honey. Pay attention to some of these animated shows. They are far from being just another cartoon. The language and the subject matter is shocking. May I suggest that a parent from this school, the Dalton School, send this teacher a link to maybe the whole Bible story for children, which is a free video download from Lifeway Kids that she can share with her students at the Dalton School for their health and well-being. Hmm, just an idea. I'm going off script once again. I'm feeling compelled to say, remember back in season one when we talked about Job and how God was using the story of Job to remind us that that the pandemic was could be looked at as a glass half full as we reprioritized our life and looking at ways that you could look at it as, as a glass half full, right? In this instant, I'm looking at two issues regarding children and their education that is so important. This should be at the top of everybody's list, everyone's list. Think about what we were doing a year ago, a little more than a year ago, when children were sitting at home and parents were having to teach their children at home. Don't just turn your kids back over to the wolves. Pay attention to what's going on in their lives. God is saying, take the mess and turn it into a message. Pay attention. We discuss frequently about what we the people can do to help America get back on her feet and out of the grips of an evil, corrupt political party. We all know we always have to follow the law. We do what is right. Let every person be subject to the government authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Romans 13, verse 1. God allowed Biden to be where Biden is today. As Christians, we discussed revivals, revivals along with repentance across America, strengthening your personal relationship with God through spending time in the Word and fellowship with other believers. Recently, I received the June publication of Billy Graham Decision Magazine. I was blown away with what was on the cover. Revival always begins with repentance, with a U-turn symbol. Why the U-turn? Because that is what repentance is. It is turning completely away from what you have been doing and turning back toward God. Reading the article written by Greg Laurie, he tells of the history of four revivals in America, all of which came about because people were desperate. What is termed the First Great Awakening was in the 1700s, led by Jonathan Edwards and George Whitefield, before we were even officially a nation. Quote, and it was that fertile soil of revival that produced the conditions in which the founders of our nation could succeed in their great experiment of a nation built on self-government, liberty, and virtue. He stated, that George Whitefield was an evangelist from England that came 
and preach to the masses of people in the colonies, like 80% of the colonial population. And as a result, thousands of people were coming to Christ. So a case can be made that America, as a nation, was actually born in a time of spiritual awakening. Wow, isn't that proof that America was built upon Christian values? Like I said, there were three subsequent Great Awakenings, revivals, the last being in the 60s and 70s, known as the Jesus Movement. Greg Laurie states, I cannot remember a time when we have been more divided, desensitized, deluded, and spiritually dead. What we need is to come back to life. That's what revival means. We can't bring about revival in our own strength. It is something the Holy Spirit initiates, but we can prepare the ground. Okay, I say the Holy Spirit initiates revival within each of us. As we spread God's word to the masses through our testimony, our witness, and sharing the gospel, never forgetting we cannot have revival without repentance. If you have not listened to episode number 18, America Needs Revival, please go and listen. And if you have, listen again. Until America is totally desperate, totally dependent, will she turn to the one, the only one, that can save her? How much despair will we have to see? It is going to take God to bring America back to life. It is up to the Christians of America and of the world to spread His word, share the gospel, give testimony, and shine His love light onto the world. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Psalm 33 verse 12. The next time you are outside enjoying the Lord's creation and you feel the breeze, the wind, remember this verse from John 3 verse 8 that says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Let's close. Dear Lord, You alone are the great I am. You give life to everything. Blessed be your glorious name. We are so thankful and grateful for the Holy Spirit that dwells within each of us, that leads, guides, and protects us. Thank you, Lord, for the journey through your word and the love that you revealed. It is on those special walks with you that we can find the fruits of your Spirit. We ask you, Lord, to fill the hearts of believers with the extra strength and courage needed to step out and share the good news and shine your light onto others. We are praying for revival, Lord. Bless the listeners that found this podcast today. Keep them safe and healthy. And may we all wear your love like a cloak covering us from head to toe. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. That concludes this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I'm grateful for all my listeners that take the time to join an extremely important discussion. 
I'm truly blessed to have this opportunity to reach out to others and to build this beautiful community. For me, this is a unique privilege to serve God, and I hope this podcast will encourage others to serve. Now, an easy way to serve is to help our community grow by sharing the podcast on social media. The podcast has its own Facebook page titled Truth and Consequences. It also can be found on Twitter and Instagram under the username Truth and Cons. I'll post all the vital information for the podcast on the social media pages. This will include episode release times, discussion topics and questions, and prayer requests. Please share this with your friends and family. Again, thank you for your support, and I'll see you all next week. May God bless you, and God bless America.